Good morning. Glad you're all here with us this morning. I, before I start the message, I'd like to explain myself a little bit. My, my emotions are somewhat raw today. My dad's been in ICU since Thursday night. He's 93. And so uh, he, he's got congestive heart failure, chronic kidney failure, and a lot of things going on inside. And um, so I've spent a few days watching him struggle to breathe. And... <clears throat> It's interesting that I'm going to be sharing this message in this context because what I'm talking about is crucial for moments like this when your 93-year-old dad, who at some point in his life gave himself to follow Christ, his eternity is secure. And so we deal with these things very differently than we would. It's still hard to watch as he struggles to breathe. Um, and it's very, very hard to walk through when you can't help him. But there's a larger framework to what's going on in this life, and that's what we're going to be looking at this morning and for the next few weeks. We're going to look at our purpose for living. If, if you've turned around from going your own way and began to walk with Christ, he's given you a reason to live that's way beyond what's going on here in this world. And if you're a part of our congregation or you're thinking about coming in to be a part, what you're joining up to do as you become a part of us is you're deciding to pull together to accomplish this purpose, this purpose of sharing a treasure that God has placed in our hearts and in our lives. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 7 is a passage that we're going to be digging into over the next several weeks. And we're going to find out there our own purpose and the purpose of the church. One of our key purposes, there are, there are other purposes that God has for us, but this is the core. 2 Corinthians 4.1 says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, oh, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Paul's been talking in the previous chapters of this passage, and God had him write it down for us. So we could understand our purpose and what God wants us to do in the world. He's been talking about his his ministry, which applies to the church and it applies to believers who have decided to follow Christ and live for his purpose. So that's what he's talking about. Therefore, it's he's concluding. He's drawing a conclusion from what he's talked about before. He says it's through God's mercy that we have this ministry and we do not lose heart. Rather, now he starts describing how he goes about his ministry this ministry that we have. We have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show 
that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We're going to be looking at this passage over the next several weeks, and there's a lot of imagery, and there's, there are, there's a bunch of references to what he said before. We're going to be pulling that out over the next several weeks. But what I'd like you to, to look at today is the fact that if you're a, a believer, you're someone who's turned around from going your own way, committed your life to follow Christ, God has turned a light on in your heart. And you are now a jar, a jar of clay with a priceless treasure inside. It's interesting that image that he chooses, the jar of clay. I was thinking, in, in that day that he wrote this, a jar of clay was an ordinary household container. Today, be something like Tupperware. But the picture that he's trying to get at is not, not really Tupperware, but Gladware. <laughs> doesn't even last as long as Gladware. He's trying to show that we are ordinary containers that are very, very fragile. He's talking about our bodies. You know, our bodies decay, they waste away. You're middle-aged, you begin to hurt. You've already been feeling the pain, and you're wondering if any of it's going to go away before you, know, before you die, and maybe not. I've got a pain in my neck that won't go away. Um, but our bodies are fragile. They're not going to last forever, but our soul inside is going to go on. We will exist for eternity. Our body is a, just an ordinary container, but in our body we hold a priceless treasure. What is the treasure? Well, you can find out in verses 6 primarily as it says, for God who said, let, let light shine out of darkness. This is a ref, reference to creation, where God turned the lights on in the world. It was dark, formless. The world was, you know, there was nothing there. God began to bring shape to it. And then, boom, he turned the lights on. This is a reference to what he did at creation. I would imagine, now none of us could, could be there, but I would imagine that was a fantastic moment when the lights came on. In that same way, <clears throat> he made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. God does this. He does a work in our hearts that's comparable to creation. When we come to know Christ, it's like the lights go on and it begins to make sense. Who God is, who we are in relationship to him, what life is all about. It, it, it begins to make sense to us and things begin to change. And that what we have in jars of clay is hinted at in verse 5, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord. Our message, the message that we have to share, and what that message has done in us to change us is the jar of clay. And we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. After the light shines in our hearts to connect us with God and Christ, we carry around a treasure inside. If you look at the context and what's going on in this passage, you find out that the treasure is a message that God uses to change our destiny. He, he takes this message and he uses it to turn the light on in our heart and in the lights of those around the hearts of those around us that we share this message with who choose to turn around and follow him. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone 
who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This, this message, the gospel, it's the good news that God didn't just leave us in our rebellion, cut off from knowing him personally, but he's pursued us in the person of Jesus Christ. That is the treasure that we carry around in our jars of clay. We, we carry it around in our houses when we relate to our families. We carry it around when we go to work, when, when we're hanging out with the neighbors. Wherever we are, we're jars of clay, fragile containers that hold this treasure. It's important for us to know it and understand it. I, I'd like to share that message with you right now before we move on, just so we're, we're all clear on the core message of the Bible and what the treasure is before we charge on. If, if you're investi- if investigating what it means to be a Christian, then this is what you need to believe and act on. So if you have questions about this, your questions should revolve around what it's going to take for you to believe this and, and move forward in a relationship with Christ. If you're already a believer, this is the treasure that you carry around. Figure out how to explain it and how to share it with others. That's, that's our purpose. That's our role. But anyway, here's the core message of the Bible. The Bible says that God loves you and I and all people, and he wants you and I to experience abundant or real life, the best kind of life that we can possibly experience. But rather than turning to God, rather than going God's way when we're born, we've chosen to go away from God. And we began to sin. That means that we've gone our own way trying to be our own boss. The result is our separation from God. This decision that we've made, this sin, this rebellion, has cut us off from knowing God personally. That's what the Bible says. So instead of experiencing the life and freedom that God desires for us, we are actually dead spiritually and in bondage to the enemy. To remedy the situation, God sent Jesus Christ to pay the penalty for our sin. The Bible says that everyone without Christ is destined for hell, but those who repent or turn around from going their own way to go God's way will experience the life and freedom that God desires for them. We, we choose our own destiny. As we hear the message, we decide whether we're going to go on for eternity with God or we're going to go on for eternity separated from Him. This is the treasure that we carry around. This message and what it's done in our heart. My wife was telling me yesterday that I knew that she was the first person in her family to really get serious about following Christ and commit her life to Christ, a neighbor invited her to church. And Lena was her name. A neighbor invited her to church, and in the context of the the church that she was attending, she heard this message, and her life was radically changed. God used her then for the message to begin to travel through the rest of her family and begin to turn the lights on for her mom, who wasn't a believer at the time, her dad, who was a believer, who was not walking with God. God really 
really use that in her life to make a difference. I'm really glad that Lena invited her to Christ. She said Lena was not a perfect person. Had some relational issues, smoked like a freight train, had some things going on. She was a jar of clay, but God used her. She, and she just invited Cindy to church. Cindy heard the message, and the lights came on. She's a different person because of that. This is a treasure that we carry around with us. It's interesting. A few years back, I heard uh, that my mom was sharing with, at a garden party for some of the women in the church about her own coming to Christ. And found out, I didn't know this before then, it was about 10 years ago. I didn't know my mom didn't come to know Christ until she was about 27. My grandmother was the one who helped her come to Christ. She was a jar of clay. I never met my grandma. But I'm really glad. I warned you. (laughs) But I'm really glad that she was faithful to carry this treasure and share it with the people around her. Boy, what a difference my life has been had in my life since my mom turned around, came to Christ. And now I know him. And there's some really good things going on. All because of what God's done through that treasure. This is the way that we fulfill our purpose in life. God's, God's handed us this treasure. We carry it around. And he wants us to share it. He doesn't give us stuff to spend on ourselves. But real life is out there. And so we have some things coming up. We've sort of had a lull in church life. We've been making the transition, trying to help Josh and Eric and the launch team get launched and trying to sort out organizationally what's going on. The lull is almost over. It's been the calm before the storm. We're going to start moving moving forward again. And we, we've got some key events. And one of the key events coming up, September 16th is something that you could invite your friends and family to. You could ask them to come around and they, they could begin to get a taste of this message. To hear the message that can turn the light on for them and really shift things around. So that's one of the things we're going to be talking about is how do we effectively pass this treasure on. I'd, I'd like to show you some as you anticipate inviting your friends and family, if you're like me, sort of wonder how that's going to go. You know, are they going to think I've, I've, I've lost it? Are they going to think I'm crazy? Are they going to, how are they going to react when I invite them to an event? Um, there's that, that green thing in your, that green flyer in your bulletin um, gives the details on the event that's coming up. And so we'd, we'd love for you to invite your friends and family, but as you, as you start to think about that, all kinds of scenarios run in your head. I'd like to show you a video clip of a guy who's inviting a friend uh, from work to church. I chickened out. You chickened out? You know, inviting Steve and his family to church with us Christmas Eve. Just couldn't do it. Uh, I don't know what's the matter with me. There's nothing wrong with you. It's normal to be scared. I mean, really, think about it. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, no, no, no. Hang on a second. 
Hey, Jay, what's up? Um, I'm sorry, you on the phone? No, no, no come on. Uh, well, um, uh, my wife and, and I uh, would uh, like to invite you to our Christmas service. It, what? It's going to be on the, on the 25th. What? You want me to go to church with you? No. You don't think I know how to do God or anything like that? Oh, let me pray. Oh, I don't need your church. I'm not some sort of heathen no, lunatic or anything like that. Hey, Martha, guess what? I need some church in. You know what? Because I've been bad. No, you know, no. like, oh! I just don't want to go to church, man. It's not like he's going to go crazy and start screaming or anything. <laughs> Hey, hang on a second. Hey, Joe, what's up? Um, I'm not interrupting. No, no, not at all. What's going on? Uh, well, uh, my my wife and I would uh, we're just wondering if, if you would like to go to uh, our Christmas Eve service. It's uh, it's uh, December 24th. Oh, Joe, Christmas Eve. Joe. <laughs> You don't know how long I've been waiting for you to ask. Awesome, I'm going to church. I'm finally going to church with you. This is so awesome. Martha, Martha, it's wonderful. Wait till I tell Sarah, I'm going to church. It's going to be so great. Woo! Hey, he finally asked me. He, he finally asked me to go to church. Whoa, I'm going to church. That's not going to happen. What's that? Uh, just, just ask him, honey. It'll be okay. Look, I'll, I'll ask him. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, I love you too. Bye. Hey, Joe, what's up? There you go. There's some possibilities. Possible reactions. <laughs> I, I have seen a wide range of reactions, but I'm not quite sure to that extent. The point is that when we set out to share the treasure, there are some hurdles, there are some fears. We're worried about rejection and things. But it is so worth it to begin to try to include. The, there's, there's a lot of misunderstanding. Most of the people around you that don't know the Lord, that, that have never been in, around church, they, they don't see it as a treasure. So what God wants to do with our containers, he wants, to, he wants us to show how valuable it is. What's it worth? It connects us to God and eternal life. John, John 5.24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. The light comes on. Flip the light switch to eternal life. God gives it to you. You do not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. You know, this, this helps us get set for the next life which is crucial in dealing with this life. I've had quite a summer. I've got, you know, my dad is, is struggling in ICU right now. I don't know what God's timing is on that. Boy, that gives a different framework to his struggle, knowing that eternity is secure. Got a letter from my daughter this week. Hadn't heard from her for about a month. And uh, she is in Mozambique, and she is really enjoying herself. She got stuck uh, she described that we knew this because they post some updates on the website, but she she described the trip there. They got to go to London, see some sites. Then they went to Kenya, then to Malawi. They got stuck between the border of Malawi and Mozambique. They had just taken a 15 to 19 hour van ride through the, the bush 
to get to the border, and they got stuck. They had to spend the night in a van in fairly cold weather. She said it was the longest night of her life. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, they got, they got to where they're going. And then she writes uh, that we're where, since she said, I was struggling some with all the inconveniences, but now boot camp, which is two and a half weeks in the swamp, in the sweaty Florida swamp, all of that is worth it because I know I'm doing what God wants me to do. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just going to keep talking, try to ignore the fact that I'm crying. But she said, it, it all is worth it because I know I'm doing the purpose that God set me out to accomplish this summer. Then she said that she's writing this. She, she said at the end, she said, I'm writing this with Jacob on my lap, in parentheses, an orphan which I really appreciate her pointing out. Because my thought was, who in the world is Jacob? <laughs> and I thought about Jacob. You know, she went to all the trouble to give up that time. And several, several of the teens in our church have done this kind of thing. And people go, we send people out every summer to, to, to do mission trips to, to help people to share this treasure. I thought about Jacob, how different his life could be, because he was rescued. <clears throat> and now he has a chance to get in touch with this treasure, this message that can revolutionize, that can turn the lights on for him. Wow. <clears throat> okay, as a parent, it's a great story. I'm really glad I found out about that after the fact, that she was sitting in a van for, you know, all night, the whole thing. It's made, it's made it, 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 knowing that the ultimate things are decided for her and for my dad, for my son when he was away, it gives a different framework to living. He, they, they are connected with God and eternal life, so you view what's going on in the here and now differently. The very different framework that God has given. Having the ultimate things taken care of brings confidence to this life. One of my favorite verses that isn't on the screen or in your outline is Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The answer is no one or nothing. Nothing in the here and now. Can, can take away eternity from you and I if you've committed your life to Christ. We have it. It's secure. It, it gives us confidence for this life. second thing it does, it gives us the power we need to change. The light comes on. We begin to get revolutionized in our thinking and in our living and the way we treat people. Look at Titus 2, 11 through 12. It says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. What he's referring to when he says ungodliness, that's not something we think about uh, or are very concerned about in our world and in the general population of America, but ungodliness is living unlike God, unlike Christ. When you come to Christ, he begins to make you more like himself, and that is incredibly valuable. Look at, look at its value in 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. 
Have nothing to do with godless and silly myths. Train yourself in godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So what happens when this treasure is placed in you, the message isn't static, it's dynamic. It begins to to change the way you think and the way you relate to people. As you follow God and begin to, to live with him as Lord, for what we preach is Christ as Lord, that's what Paul said. When you make him boss, he begins to change things for the better. And your family life is different. You're a a better friend. You're you're a good friend. You're a faithful friend. You're more productive at work. You're able to handle life in, in a different way because now you have this treasure within you and the Holy Spirit who lives in your heart who helps you to choose the right way to go as you face dilemmas and choices in life. Finally, the treasure is priceless because it gives purpose. This isn't on your listening guide. I added it after printing. It gives purpose. No matter what's going on in life, you can fulfill your purpose if you've given yourself to this. In spite of failure, disappointment, or trouble, you can do this purpose. Paul says, Acts twenty twenty four. but my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about God's mighty kindness and love. He's mighty kind. We, we've been in a predicament because of our rebellion. And God, in his power and might, has stooped down to help us in the person of Jesus Christ, who came to this earth and gave his life so that he could pay the penalty for our sin and we could have eternal life that invades the here and now and makes this life very different. Why we carry it? Why do we carry this message? Why do we carry this treasure around? The answer is to display God's power. Verse 7 says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. It's interesting, the way we're wired, it's easy for us to think that we share this treasure out of a position of strength. Either I've got the best argument or I've got whatever going on. We think that if we're a beautiful person or a good person, then people will be attracted to follow God. It's interesting that really I think that many times the people see the treasure through the cracks in the clay. As we carry, we're we're these ordinary jars of clay. We're carrying this treasure around and we struggle. We have cracks. We go through trouble. It's in the midst of the brokenness sometimes. Actually, I think most of the time that people see how valuable this treasure is. We don't share it from a position of strength. We, we don't carry it around as beautiful pieces of art that draw people to, to know God. But we have this treasure as a stewardship from God, and we carry it around, and if we'll faithfully serve and care for the people around us and try to share this message and explain it to them, God will use it. 
If people are going to realize the worth of this treasure, they're going to need a demonstration and an explanation. If you're, if you're checking out Christianity, ask God to turn, help you to, to understand this message that I shared earlier. Ask him to show you his power. God, turn the light on for me. Help it to make sense to me. Keep looking for the answers to your questions and ask God for help in getting your, your answers. If, you, if you've already committed your life to Christ, you're a part of the congregation, start investing in the people around you. They're going to need a demonstration of God's love. They're going to need a demonstration of how this treasure has made a difference in your life. Pray for them. As you look toward uh, September 16th, we've got that big event coming up or, or other things that are going on that may really help people that you know. Pray for them. Make an investment. Pray for them. Serve them. Care for them. You, be a bridge that God can use to, to channel his love to the people around you. Invite them to come around so they can begin to get a taste and an explanation of this treasure, what it's all about, this message that God has given us. So as we move forward, begin to look for people that you can invite, that you can invest in and invite, and watch God work. When that guy went into the, the room and was about to ask his friend to come to church, that used to scare me to death. But I've been, I've been trying to share this treasure for many, many years, and now it's like it's a little different sense that I had at that moment when the guy stepped into the door and, you know, you get a lump in your throat, not in your stomach and everything, because you're, you're hoping the people don't blow up on you like the guy did in the video. But now there's this sense of excitement that comes in trying to pass this treasure on, because I've seen God work over and over and over again. I've seen him use this treasure to actually revolutionize people and change them where they can let go of bad habits. They can change the way they relate to their families and they can be different people. And so as I as I as I watch that video and the guy steps in, it's like the adrenaline rush before a football game. (laughs) All right, this is exciting. Let's see what God's going to do. If I'll just take the risk, I've learned that God is faithful to, to work in and through me, in the midst of that. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word that instructs us, teaches us about life and how you've made it to work and be. Thank you for the role you've given us. We're we're jars of clay that carry around this priceless treasure. Help us to be faithful stewards of that treasure and try to share it with the people around us. Help us, God, to have courage to do that and to walk in faith. Father, for those here who don't yet know you and haven't yet connected with you, I pray that you'd help them to get the answers they need and to work through the things they need to work through in order to come to that point where they commit themselves to you. For our friends and family beyond this room that need you, God, I pray that you would open their hearts to search for you and to hear this message and be changed by it, God, by you, as you use it to change lives. Father, we ask for your help in all of this. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.